Leviticus chapter 6. one more time if you would stand for the reading of God's word. Before we read the scripture today, let me just let me just say declare what a move of God we had last Sunday in this house. God came in a flash. God touched us in a dramatic way. And I, for one, want to say to you, thank God for the fire. You're in a fire church today. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God for the fire. Leviticus chapter 6 beginning of verse 8, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh. Take up the ashes which the fire has consumed with a burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. Lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace of offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. There's two things I want you to notice. The first thing is, is three times. Three times. The declaration was, the fire shall never go out. The other thing I want you to notice is that the ashes from the burnt offering were not to be left on top of the altar. They were to be put to the side, and then eventually they were to be carried out completely from the altar. Say this with me. Thank God for the fire. Pray with me. Father, we bless you today. Thank you for your word. Lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Lord, I'm asking you right now that we would be able to communicate and articulate the word in such a way that it will minister to the hearts of the hearers, those tuning in online, those who are in person. God, would you just minister in a way that only you can that will bring glory and honor to you and will give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
Thank God for the fire. Thank God for Pentecost. May the fire of his presence never go out among the people of God. We read from Leviticus this morning, but we are New Testament folks, New Testament believers. And I don't know if there's a book I love any more in the New Testament than I love the book of Acts. Acts is a book of miracles. Acts is the story of the early church. Acts is a book of the Holy Spirit in action. The book of Acts is a book of God's fire falling down upon his people. I am determined and resolved more than ever before as a pastor and as a preacher to keep doctrine in front of the people of God, to keep our Pentecostal distinctive front and center and to do it without apology. Now, it would be easy and convenient to be a formalistic religion, but I'm grateful to be in a fire movement in these last days that's fervent and intense and anointed. I do believe God's church will rapture out, and when we go out, we will go out in a blaze of glory. I do believe and I am convinced that God's church will be caught away while we're in the middle of the last day's outpouring of His Spirit. Now, many say that Pentecost is just emotionalism, and all that is really unnecessary. Then there are others that come along that say that those fiery tongues and those fiery gifts of the Spirit, they ended in the book of Acts. And then there are even a remnant of very unwise folks that will go so far to audaciously say that the fire of the Spirit is really the work of the devil. Which, by the way, is the way to unforgivable sin, is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If anybody ever asks you what the definition of blasphemy is, Jesus himself gave us the definition. When you attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to the devil, you are dancing around and playing fire with blasphemy. I stand firmly behind what we believe in the church of God. And that's why two of our articles of faith state that we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost subsequent to a clean heart. The second says, we believe in speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Say it with me again. Thank God for the fire. When the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2, there appeared cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. We need the fire to keep burning. I want the fire. I don't want to settle on yesteryear's embers and yesteryear's ashes and hear the stories and the experiences of years gone by. I want the fresh fire today. 
I need the fresh fire today. Again, in the message, the ashes, they were set aside. The ashes were, were carried outside the camp. But the command was given, make sure, no matter what else happens, make sure that the fire never goes out on the altar. In John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But there is one that's mightier than I that's coming. The latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> I love it when someone new comes to the church. And maybe they've never been in a Pentecostal church. But they'll, they'll walk up to me and they'll be all excited. And they will have experienced the Spirit of God moving in their life. And they'll say things like, I felt the hairs on my arm stand up. Or I, I can't stop the tears from flowing. Or I feel those holy goosebumps chasing one another up and down my spine and up and down my arms. Or I sense something that's causing my feet to move and my hands to move. And I've never experienced that before. And they're just all excited and exuberant because it's something they've never felt in any kind of other atmosphere of worship. But let me tell you, when somebody says that to me, that tells me the fire is still burning and God's presence is still real among his people. But my question today for your personal walk, my question is, is it embers or is it an inferno? Is it a blaze that can't be controlled in your life or is it just a comfortable campfire? You see, there's all kinds of blessings that are associated with the fire of God's Spirit. And I want to deal with three of them today that we all need to hear and embrace. For when the fire is burning, first of all, God is speaking to His people. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 36, listen to what the Scripture says. Out of heaven He made you to hear His voice, and you heard His words out of the middle of the fire. I'm telling you, this Christian journey doesn't have to be a guessing game. You know, we, we sometimes say, I hope I've heard the voice of God. Somebody texted me this week and they said, I sure hope I didn't miss the voice of God. I, I, I tell you today, you don't have to guess whether you've heard the voice of God. You don't have to, to think and wonder and ponder if you've heard the voice of God. When you have the fire of God in your life and the Spirit of God moving, we need more than ever before to know that we have heard the voice of the heavenly Father. And, and let me just tell you, you don't have to be in doubt when God's fire is burning inside of you, when God's Spirit is directing you. Let, let me just stay here and, and build on that for, for a few moments because we've, we've heard enough about man's plans and we've heard enough about man's agendas. We need to hear what thus saith the Lord God Almighty. And when God's fire is burning 
burning among his people. I'm telling you, God has something that he wants to say to us. And my prayer today is, oh God, interrupt us like you did Peter when he was preaching in Acts chapter 10. And the Bible says that while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. And all of the people in the house of Cornelius were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I'm telling you today, I want to submit this to you today. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak through you. And the most effective way for God to witness through you is to get full of the fire, to get full of the Spirit. And when it gets a hold of you and it begins to burn in your chest, you won't help but speak the message of truth to those you come in contact with. Always somebody would say, praise the Lord for the fire today. I was 19 years old. I was working night shift at a uh, press operating plant. I was a printer at the time, and there was a, a revival coming to town. It was Jensen and Richie Franklin. If you're familiar with Jensen Franklin's ministry down in Georgia now, him and his brother, when they first started out, they would preach every other, other day. And on the day that one was preaching, the other was fasting and praying for his brother. And what a tremendous revival. And I, I was working night shift, and I knew that I, I needed the favor of God. And I went in and asked my supervisor. I, I said, uh, is it possible, because we were working 12-hour shifts, is it possible for me to go to revival uh, and, and then come in after revival is over? And I didn't know the man that well and, and come to find out he was a believer himself and he said oh yes absolutely go to revival and, and then I knew it was God I knew God had something special in store for me and that night I was I had been seeking for the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Ghost for several years and, and that night in one of those glorious services I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues I'm telling you I was drunk in his spirit I was soaked in his spirit I was laughing in his spirit. It was a glorious experience. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, there's nothing like it this side of heaven. Do I have any witnesses in the house? But I remember that night I got the Holy Ghost, and from there I finally got into work. It was probably about 11 o'clock at night. It was going to work till 6 o'clock the next morning. And, and so when I showed up, I was an assistant to a press operator. And when I got there, the press operator looked at me, and he said, Where have you been? And I said, I've been in revival, and tonight I received the Holy Ghost. He said, The Holy who? I said, I received the Holy Ghost, and I began to witness to him, and I began to talk to him, and I began to share how good God was. You say, well, well, well couldn't you just left that experience in church? Yeah, I could have, but then it wouldn't have been genuine. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, and the fire begins to burn inside of you, you can't help but share about the goodness of God to anyone and everyone you come in contact with. Jeremiah the prophet, he was discouraged, he was abused, he was persecuted of all people from the priesthood, the princes and the priests. And in fact, a corrupt priest had just popped him upside his mouth. He was discouraged and he said in complaint, 
to himself and unto God. He said these words, I will not make mention of his name. I will not make mention of God nor speak any more in his name. But I love the way that verse continues because it says, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up within my bones and I am I was weary with forbearing. God help us to get so much burning on the inside that we cannot keep it there. If you let the fire burn in your heart, you won't be able to keep help but let it out. Did you know there's no such thing as a closet Christian? If you're one of these people only a Christian on Sunday morning while you're in here among church people, I start to really wonder whether you're a Christian at all. Because I'm telling you, if you're a believer and you've got something that got started, there's been a spiritual match that's been lit in your soul. <laughs> and once that thing grows brighter and brighter and more and more powerful, you can't help but take it outside of the sanctuary. God speaks to us out of the fire. God speaks through us because of the fire. I'll tell you something else about when the fire is burning. When the fire is burning, sanctification is happening. When the fire is burning, there's some junk being thrown out. And there's some stuff being cleaned up in a person's life. You go to 1 Kings chapter 18. There was a prophet by the name of Elijah. He was a prophet of fire. He was known as a prophet of fire. He's in confrontation with the prophets of Baal. And, and the scripture said, he, he looked at the prophets of Baal and he said these words, And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. He prayed a 63-word prayer. And the Bible says fire fell from heaven. And you look at verse 39 of 1 Kings 18, and I want to point this out. When all the people saw it, there wasn't a person present that did not see the fire fall upon the altar. What did the people see? The people saw the fire consume the burnt offering, saw the fire consume the wood, the stones. It even lapped up the dust and the water in the trench. The people saw the fire. And the Bible says when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. <laughs> That's what you call the fire bringing sanctification. These people had proclaimed to be God's people, but they still had problems with idols. But that day the fire fell, the power of God produced some sanctification in their lives. Well, preacher, what is sanctification? Well, I sure am glad you asked. Let me tell you what sanctification is. Sanctification is letting go and letting God be God in your life. Sanctification is leaving the filthiness of the flesh it's leaving the ungodliness of the world. 
It's being set apart as a holy people. Let me give you, since I'm on a doctrinal kick today, let me give you uh, two more that are part of our Church of God doctrine, and I'm glad that they are. One says, we believe in sanctification subsequent to a clean heart. The second says, we, the results of that is, we believe holiness to be God's standard of living for his people. When a person is sanctified, that means they're in covenant with God to be set apart as a holy people unto the Lord. It is God's holy fire cleaning you out from the junk that needs to go and that is keeping you from being who he called you to be. I'm telling you, I've said it multiple times recently. I'll say it till the Lord takes me home. If we've ever been in a culture of hyper grace, we're in that culture now. If we've ever been in a culture of cheap grace, we're in that culture now. And to preach on, on uh, the, the second and ongoing work of sanctification is extremely unpopular. But I want to declare flat-footed that God is still looking for a people that are set apart, that are clearly identified as the bride of Christ, that are pure and holy and acceptable to the Lord. You've come by too late to tell me otherwise. Not when there are so many scriptures in the New Testament that tell us what the Lord is wanting us to do. For example, in John 17, Jesus was praying to the Heavenly Father. And he said, Father, I pray that you not take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil of the world. That was a prayer for his people to be sanctified. You go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. And the scriptures Paul wrote and said to the people of God in Corinth, he said, come out from among the world and be ye a separate people. And Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We read in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of God is not inside of him. Somebody help me preach. James, you go over to James, and he finishes out a chapter by saying, Make sure you keep yourself unspotted from the world. We were never meant to blend in. We're meant to stand out. We're meant for people to tell us we're different. We're meant for people to even look at us like we're strange because we are not of this world. We've been bought with the blood of Jesus and we got the fire of the Holy Spirit cleaning us out from this world. This is not my home. Quit acting like this is your home and start living like your home is far away in another place in God's glory. Well, praise the Lord. Sanctification is not a negative. It's a positive. When you're sanctified, you're not giving up anything of value. <laughs> oh, I'm real popular now. When you're sanctified, you're gaining everything of eternal weight and glory. May the church never give up sanctified living. May the church never apologize for preaching a sanctified lifestyle. Mm. Look at your neighbor and say, hold on. We still talking about the fire. 
See, when God sanctifies you with his fire, it affects the way we talk. True Christians don't cuss. True Christians don't use God's name in vain. It affects the way we walk when we're sanctified, the way we carry ourselves. Does it bring question marks about us and other people's perception of us? Our business dealings, the way we interact with other believers. What kind of testimony do you have when you're willing to take a brother or a sister to court and sue them when the Bible speaks clearly against it? The way we talk, the way we walk, the way we appear. Wow. We should not be flaunting our bodies more than we flaunt our Jesus. <laughs> I was listening to Loran Livingston here probably two months ago. Fred, you remember this. The man preaches to Eight to 10,000 people every week in person. Plus the thousands of people that are, that are watching his services around the world. I sat there stunned. As he looked at the congregation. And he reminded everyone that men are visual creatures. And we men have to fight every day to keep our eyes in our sockets. And it is no picnic. Because the enemy wants to put a lure out there in the women. But I'll never forget him saying this. And I'm not quoting him verbatim. But he said, it's enough. That we have to deal with it outside the church. But something's wrong when a man of God comes to worship God in the house of God. And he's got to worry about stumbling over the way a woman is dressed. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me today. Christians are separate people. Oh, some of you men sitting there going, wow, you get them, Pastor. You get them, you tell them. And yet you're wearing tight-fitting clothing that's showing you more of your anatomy than it is the character of Christ. Something's wrong. Love the pastor. I'm not talking about 
man-made rules and regulations. I'm talking about being a stumbling block. I will sin in my heart if I lust after a sister in Christ. But that sister in Christ will have also sinned if she flaunted her body in a way that caused it to be a stumbling block to me. You can take it to the bank. I'm still talking about the fire. True Christians don't bar hop. True Christians don't swing from one club to another. Yeah, I, I, can I just be honest with you? This music stuff's crazy these days. And music ministry is as challenging as it ever has been before. I, I have literally interviewed music candidates to come on staff at a church that I was pastoring. And they played and they sung and they, they sang all the songs of Zion. But then they were clubbing Monday through Saturday in a bar somewhere. <laughs> you can't bring bitter and sweet waters from the same fountain. I know some of you saying that's good old-fashioned preaching. That's good old-timey preaching. That's the kind of preaching I grew up on. But why is this kind of preaching outdated? Why does this preaching surprise us? God has not changed. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I do not change. Fire. God sends us fire. I just confess a wish to you. I long to pastor a thousand people in Pulaski County. I'm not competing with another church. I pray for other churches. I pray for my brothers. I'm good friends with several of my colleagues in the county. And I long to pastor a thousand people. But I don't want a thousand watered down, half baked folks that have so much of the world more than they do of Jesus. Forget it. Give me, give me some saints, some folks who say, God, send your fire. Purge the worldliness out of my life. It may never be a thousand, but at least it be some holy folks. And don't miss what I'm saying. Church is all about the harvest. God didn't call us to clean them up. God just called us to bring them in. It's up to the Holy Spirit to clean them up. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about godly people. He's still a holy God. He's still looking for holy people. 
But when the fire burns, God is speaking. And when the fire burns, God is sanctifying. And finally, when the fire burns, God is, God is showing his presence and his majesty. Psalms 97 and 3 says, a fire goes before him and burns up all of his enemies. <laughs> the majesty and presence of the king. The scripture tells us in Isaiah 66 and 16, for by fire and by his sword, for by fire, which is his presence, and his sword, which is his word, will the Lord plead with all flesh. I pray fire down in people's lives. My mama prayed fire into my life. I was this close to giving up my virginity, but mama was praying. Mama was praying. And mama was praying, and the fire of conviction was getting a hold of me. Come on now, somebody help me here. Every generation that comes, it seems like we get a little less of the fire. We become satisfied until now. If we're not careful, on the altars of our homes, on the altars of our marriages, on the altar of the church, we'll just have little embers, or even worse, leftover ashes that really should have been put to the side of the altar or carried out of the camp completely. My God, my God. Fire is burning. The holy and the majestic one is making his entrance into our midst. I want his fire. I've got to have his fire. Because when his fire is present, it produces his voice. It, Perpetuates sanctification. It presents his majesty. The fire on the altar is to never go out. God, don't let your fire go out in the church at Pulaski. Always pray for this preacher to stay on fire. Please. Always pray that when we show up, the fire will be burning. Because I'm telling you, in another place, the lamp went out in the tabernacle. And when the lamp went out, they wrote Ichabod across the door because the Spirit of the Lord had departed. It's not enough just to have these lights on. We have to have the lamp of His Spirit. Marriages. There are marriages among us that are under intense attack of the enemy. 
I'm an advocate for counseling. I'm an advocate for referral counseling. But here's the truth. God can do more in a moment than a counselor can do in six months. What's it going to take? It's going to take people that say, you know what, I'm going to surrender and let God's fire burn the junk out of my life. I'm going to let God's fire burn so I can hear what thus saith the Spirit of God. Pastor Jeremy, I feel him in this place. I feel a heaviness of his presence. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just being honest and you proclaim Christ, you name Christ, but the, you might be down to embers on the altar of your soul. There may just be a, a little glow. The rest of it is just blackened soot, leftover stuff from experiences from years gone by. You could be here today and, and you don't even have embers. All you have is ashes sitting on top of the altar of your soul. Oh, but with one touch of the Holy Spirit, a fire can be ignited again. <laughs> it's just a matter of surrender. Before we pray, and I'm asking everybody to come to the altar to join me. But listen, if the fire goes out, his voice goes quiet. His cleansing in our lives goes missing. His presence becomes distant. Your pastor has preached truth from the Bible. We've got to have the fire. How many in the last days will have a form of godliness? but they won't have the power thereof. The fire must never go out. I'm going to ask everyone that will to come and stand with me around the altar just for a time of consecration. Just come on. Come on. Crowd on in. Take up the aisleways. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is your worship time with the Lord. Your worship time with the Lord. If you have ashes left, you need the Holy Spirit to come and start a brand new fire. If you have embers left and you need to stir up the gift that is within you, you need to stir up the fire. Do you need God to speak to you about something? Then come pleading for His fire in your life. Do you need some direction? Come pleading for His fire in your life. If you will, the Spirit will direct you. Do you need God to clean some junk out of your life, some stuff that's worldly? And you've heard very clearly many places in the New Testament where we're to be separate people. And you know that what you're doing is not separated from the world. God, let your fire burn. We're, whole, we're on holy ground today. This is a time between you and God all over this place. Sing it. Sing it, Tiffany. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.